you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. suffer through the heat today. All those folks that had their hand raised today, I'm just, I'm going to tell you right now, we need to just be really easy on them today. Man, it's tough out there and going to be another tough day tomorrow. We're praying the Lord sees you through. Amen. Genesis chapter number six, and I'm going to read beginning with verse number five down through verse number eight of Genesis chapter six. I'm really reading this, um, not necessarily going to teach expository out of this passage tonight, but using this as a starting point for the message that I feel that the Lord has laid upon my heart, and I want to be an encouragement to somebody in the house this evening. Genesis chapter number 6, verse number 5, And God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping things, and the fowls of the air. For it repenteth me that I have made them. Verse 8. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. I'm going to just talk to you for a little while tonight about grace. And if you need a subject matter to put in your notes, a topic, a sermon title, whatever you want to call it tonight, it would be grace to see you through grace to see you through. Aren't you glad that the Lord gives you grace every day to see you through? Why don't you lift your hands toward heaven and just thank the Lord tonight for his grace that brings us through. We thank you for your grace. I thank you, Lord, that you see us through for your mercy, for your loving kindness. I bless the Lord. I bless the Lord, I bless the Lord, I bless the Lord. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell them there's grace to see you through, and you can be seated today. Now, I'm guessing, I don't want to mess with anybody too much tonight. It's too hot outside, and I learned a long time ago in those hot summer days, it's real easy for our attitudes and spirits to get unwound when we get a little hot. going to be real easy. I don't want anybody throwing rocks, stones, Bibles, purses, or anything else that you may carry with you up here at me when I ask this question tonight. But I doubt many of you just enjoy going to the dentist. I don't enjoy going to the dentist. I've spent uh, far too much time there in the, 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 the more recent months. Had, had a lot of dental work done, and become common. My my doctor and I, my dentist and I, we we would carry on a conversation, and uh, he would do most of the talking. And I, he 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 acted like he didn't really care what I was saying. He was kind of a one sided conversation, but he um, he would just talk and and work and. We got, you know, I would get there and they'd say, oh, hey, it's you again. And um, some of those, some, some of the work that I had done took, took quite a while. And uh, I would be in for literally a couple of hours at a time sitting in the chair, sometimes longer. I, I think I had one appointment that was three hours and 45 minutes. And I'm going to tell you, by the time I got to the end of that appointment, I was just about to have to pull the cord and say, I'm done. I can't take anymore. My dentist at the end of every session, whether it was a 30 or 45 minute session or whether I was there for an hour or two hours or three hours and 45 minutes, when he would get to the end, he very abruptly works very quickly. And when we would get to the end, he would just spin his chair around and in the middle of moving, just as his, his last instruments were removed out of my face, he would say, we're done. Oh, it was a welcoming sight. It was welcoming words when he would say, we're done and it is finished and we are through. And I, I would just thank God that I, I made it through again. Um, many times he, he had told me, he said, you know, if you feel pain or if you need a break or you need something to stop, just lift your hand and we'll, we'll, we'll give you a break. I couldn't tell you the number of times on those long sessions that I wanted to say, I've had all I can take. I want to just lift my hand and say, time out, I'm done. And only, and I was in for quite, I don't know how many months, maybe it was several months. I had gotten, I was using a dentist that allowed me to get very far behind on dental work. And so before I would get something done, I would need two things done. This went on for several years until finally uh, a sweet lady that I was uh, friends with that worked in the dentist office, I went in one day and she looked at me and handed me a, um, a piece of paper and leaned over and said very quietly in my ear, call this number and switch dentist. She worked. <laughs> and I said, really? And 
he said, yes, you need help. And she said, you're just getting further and further behind. And so I switched dentists, and I was glad that I did. Um, spending that kind of time in a dentist chair was about all that I could handle trying to get caught up and, and feel like, man, I have just had all that I could take. All, you, you know what I'm talking about? Maybe for you it's not the dentist. For me it's the dentist. The heat was pretty bad out there, and I saw a few hands raised. We, I know um, Brother Evan and Dylan were working uh, today, and they, they came over and worked at my house a little bit just before service. They arrived maybe 3, 30, 4 o'clock, and it was pretty warm out there. And I went out and worked with them for a little while, and, and Hector had been working at the house all day today uh, out in that heat. And um, I, I, I noticed that... Uh, Hector was smarter than everybody else because he he had worked there long enough that he understood the movement of the sun and and how that the trees would shade certain parts of the building. And I noticed that the speed of his work today was dependent upon the movement of the shade. He was kind of watching that shade. I think he was just trying to keep pace with the shade as it moved around today. And I don't blame him. It was bad out there. It was bad out there. And uh, Dylan and, and, and Evan were out working, and Evan just kept saying, oh, it's so hot. Oh, it's so hot. And he was complaining about how hot it was and, and uh, letting us know that he wasn't a southerner and that he wasn't from Texas and that he was a northern Indiana boy, and, and the heat was killing him, and he complained on and complained on and complained on. And um, along about 5, a little after 5 o'clock, Dylan said, Dad, uh, if we're going to make it to church tonight, um, i got to get Evan home. And uh, before I could turn around, he already had all the tools down. They were picking up everything. I mean, it was, I didn't, when I said we are finished, that we were done, uh, they didn't have to think twice about letting the day, the work day in. They weren't saying, can we work over a little bit today? Anybody know what I'm talking about? They were they they were they were ready for it to be done. Life sometimes uh, we go through horrible times in our life, and we wonder uh, how long is this season going to last. I know I'm talking to somebody because you've been through seasons. Maybe it's sickness. Maybe it's emotional family problems. Maybe it's emotional issues. Sickness in your bodies. Whatever it may be, you go through these long seasons and you wonder how long. A matter of fact, I believe it was David maybe that said, how long, O Lord, how long? That asked that question, how long? Uh, when we are in those kind of situations, uh, fighting for our very own existence, fighting for our life, fighting for uh, emotional well-being, spiritual well-being, fighting for, uh, for our health, trying to get... Uh, back on top of life again where we can find joy in living. In the middle of that sometimes it becomes, uh, we, we can begin to ask, how long, O oh Lord, am I going to have to go through the very things that I'm facing? Uh, for no explainable reason when everything is going, when everything is going bad and then all of a sudden 
it seems like there is just a shift. There is a turnaround. Things start looking up. What is it? What is that moment? I'm going to tell you what it is. It is when God recognizes that you have learned what you need to learn from the test. And in a moment, God says, in an instant, God says, that's enough. That's all you're going to have to deal with. That's all you're going to have to go through. And in a moment, everything changes and things start looking up and depression lifts and the situation changes. All of a sudden, the sun begins to shine through in the middle of our darkness. Just before we had all that we could take, God says, all right, that's enough. The test is over. You're done. It is finished. Now, that doesn't mean that there's not another test for you, but how glorious and how wonderful is it when the Lord speaks to us and lets us know that test is over. There's some tests that we go through and trials that we go through that are a little more difficult than others. Can I get a witness to that? There are some things that we handle easily and others that, that we struggle with. I, I too have had my fair share of those struggles, physical trouble, emotional uh, pain and anguish and relational issues. We've all gone through all of those things. And when my wife went through her long bout, three-year bout uh, with cancer and treatment and the difficult days and the, 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 the moments that the, the doctors would frighten us by, by giving us a bleak, uh, giving us a bleak uh, report and telling us things didn't, didn't look so good and, and leaving us uh, faithless and leaving us in worry and fear uh, would grip our hearts. And then a test would come, and in the middle of that test, some report would come back that everything was all right, and not only was that what they were testing all right, they tested four or five other things, and they're all all right too. And the incredible relief of, whoo, I don't have to fret over that any longer. I don't have to worry over that anymore. I don't have to fear over that anymore. And so it was it was just before many times that we that I felt like, Lord, I have had all that I can take. And and the Lord says, Well, there's a little more to this test. And then when I think that it's going to get the best of me, is when the word of the Lord would come and he would say, It's finished. You're done. You've passed the test. It's over. That was the experience of Job. When Job first started experiencing the devastating news that he received, that everything important in his life uh, was, was being lost, he was, he was quite spiritual about the matter. Job said, with great faith and submission, shall we accept good from the Lord? and not trouble. Thinking about those words so powerful, thinking about how difficult his plight was, thinking about how every day was met with more trouble and more pain. The writer said, in all this, Job did not sin 
in what he said about God. Job must have thought, certainly things can't get any worse than what they are today. But they did. When his hardship and his pain went from bad to worse, he finally reached a place where all he wanted to do was die. It's a sad thing, isn't it? I'm not speaking tonight just because I needed a subject, but I'm speaking tonight because I know where some of you are living today. And I felt inspired of the Holy Ghost to speak my heart to you tonight and tell you that trouble won't last always. I know today may seem like a long and weary and dreary day for you, but I want you to know that the Lord has the ability in His time to say that's all for this test. It is over, it is finished, it is done, and that test will end. Don't allow the enemy to tell you it's always going to be this way. Don't allow the enemy to cause you to lose hope and lose faith in God. Because if he can cause us to lose hope and cause us to lose faith in God, we will lose our very reason for living and we will be agreeing with Job's wife and think maybe I would be better off if I just curse God and die. But I come to declare to somebody tonight on the worst day of my life, I want to speak like Job spoke. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. No matter what I go through, still I'm going to trust the Lord. However, the most difficult thing Job faced was that he didn't know why all of the bad things that were happening to him happened to him. Does that resonate with anybody? I don't understand why this is happening to me. See, there's some things we get into, some problems we get into. I get so frustrated at myself when I get myself into problems, when I know it's my own fault. I can try to blame it on everybody else, but no, it was my decision that got me there. It was my wrongdoing that got me there. It was my poor choice that got me there. But then there's some things that come and you start questioning, God, why me? Why now? Why here? Why this? I don't understand. You're in good company. We've all been there. We've all asked that question. Job asked that question. Why is this happening to me? We, of course, are allowed to see what was going on behind the scenes. If you read in Job chapter 1 and chapter 2, you can read through and see what God was doing. And and you can read on through the book and see what happens in the end. And the great thing for you and I is we read the story of Job and we get over on the back side of it, and then we come back and say, wow, and God gave him double for his trouble, and he's so blessed, and God gave him everything back, and so the dreariness, he, he didn't need to be all worrisome. He didn't need to be fretting. He, his wife didn't need to be telling him to curse God and die. He shouldn't have done all of that. It's easy for us because we've read the whole story. But what about Job when he's going through it? Or what about... What about you and I when we are going through it? I'm not talking about when we come out the other side and look back and say, God's blessed me. 
By faith we know. By experience I can tell you. I can quote the words of David when he said, I once was young and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. I can tell you all of those things. I can talk about those of you that have been faithful to God in your finances but have struggled with financial pressure. I can talk to those of you that have, that have done nothing wrong but dealt with health issues that, that you didn't bring on yourself. And you wonder why. Why is it not somebody that, 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 that maybe would have deserved it by their lifestyle, yet look at me and look what I'm going through. It will become so easy to become discouraged and think God doesn't care and to think God is not fair and to lose hope and to lose faith. But I come tonight to remind you that your hope and your faith in God is the very thing that is going to see you through the trial. Don't let the enemy or don't let the trial cause you to lose hope and lose faith. Know this, God is always working for our good. Every time. So he, Job goes through it all, loses everything, and then the Lord made him prosperous again. Now, I don't have all the answers, and I certainly don't know all of the reasons that any of us have to go through the things we go through and face the difficult times that we go through. I don't understand it. I, I've often said, as a pastor of a church, I know a lot that may happen in in some families' lives that, that don't live so privately that, that I can't know and I pray with them and seek God with them and, and, and try to be an encouragement to them because I'm aware of where they are and aware of what they're going through, aware of what they're facing. And then others want to do it alone and try to go through it by themselves. But I, in the middle of it, I've never been able to speak to anybody and say, L let me tell you why you're going through this. I, I don't have that answer because I don't have that insight. God reserves that insight for himself. The why of trials and the why of testing is reserved for God and God alone. And when we get through the test and we pass the test, then God allows us the ability to reflect back on where we are and what we just went through. And that is called a testimony. And he gives us a testimony for a reason and a purpose. Tonight, some of you are in the throes of the battle, but I want to encourage you with the word of the Lord and tell you troubles won't last always. I want to encourage somebody tonight and tell you there are brighter days and better days ahead for you. I know the enemy tries to beat you up and has you believing right now that it is the end, but I come to rebuke that in Jesus' name and declare God is alive, God is on the throne, and the same victory that you had three months ago, you need to walk in tonight and declare God is for me, He is not against me, and if God be for us, who can be against us? Because God is on your side. Oh, let's just lift our hands right now and thank him that we have God on our side. If he's for us, it doesn't matter who rises up against us. God is for us. He's for us. He's on our side. I recognize, I understand there are some biblical answers to the questions that I just asked. 
into the question that pain asks. Sometimes God is teaching us some things that we need to learn. I've said it before, but it merits saying tonight, sometimes God is working some things into us, and sometimes he's working some things out of our lives. There are times when God in his sovereign love chooses to reveal to us why we are facing the pain, why we are going through the difficulty, but sometimes God remains silent. I want to encourage somebody tonight by telling you, if you seek God and say, God, whatever I'm going through, speak to me and tell me what it is in me that you are trying to take out. Be encouraged because if God speaks to you, you have the ability to change whatever it is that God is trying to work out of you. But if God is silent to the prayer of what you are trying to work out of me, I, I'm not taking you to Scripture right now. I'm telling you what I believe. I believe when God is silent to the why of a trial, you will figure it out somewhere down the road. And it may not be you that God is trying to test or trying to question or trying to change something that you are doing in the moment. It may be something that God is trying to work into your life that you won't understand until you get out the other side. So don't beat yourself up every time that there's a trouble that comes in your life and say, oh, God's wanting to take something out of my life. Sometimes he will take it out of your life because he will make your life miserable with the pain. And you'll say, God, what is it? And he'll show you, you need to cut this out of your life. And you need to cut that relationship out of your life. And you need to cut that wrongdoing out of your life. And you need to fix this. And you need to fix that. And then sometimes God remains silent at that prayer. And it is because God is going to reveal something that he is doing in the spiritual realm. Sometimes it may not be as much about you as it is God proving to Satan how powerful that you are. If Satan would have known how powerful Job was and how blessed he was going to be, do you think he would have ever attempted? Do you think he would have ever come and asked the Lord, hey, can I have access to Job? And the Lord said, I'll remove the hedge and allow you to get in. Oh, it looks like God did an, an injustice to Job. And when Job was going through it, he probably thought it was an injustice. He didn't know what God was going to bless him and the way he was going to bless him at the end. We understand that now. Job didn't know that going in. But God was using Job as an example to the enemy to allow him to know there are some people that are sold out enough that I will allow them to go through the trial to prove to you that you are a liar, that you are you are not the winner, you are not the victor, but they will be victorious because they remain faithful. There's a key word there. Because it is your faithfulness in times of trial and in times of testing, it is your faithfulness that God sees and he uses it as a testimony to your adversary. Because the more the adversary comes against you and the more you become faithful through the difficult times, the more Satan knows my tactics are not working. And all the while, there is a reward being laid up 
for you an eternal reward. I'm not talking about in the here and now. I'm not talking about nicer homes and better cars. I believe that is an eternal reward that God is laying up for us and for those who fear him and believe him. Listen, I'm going to tell you about your faithfulness in times of trial because sometimes it's not going to get you a bigger house and a nicer car or nicer clothes or a big bank account. But your testimony may prove to your children and your grandchildren that being faithful is the right steps to take. Your faithfulness speaks and testifies of God's goodness in spite of what you are going through. Oh, I feel the help of the Lord tonight. But telling somebody in this room tonight that is in the throes of the battle, your faithfulness and your steadfastness in times of the battle may be the very thing that brings the breakthrough to your home, to your family, to your children, to your lost loved ones. Come on, somebody. Remain faithful and declare the Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. The fact is, there's a lot of things that we go through and that we face now that we may never understand the why until we get to our eternal home. In the meantime, I've got some good news for you. The first thing I want to say to you tonight is just because you're going through tests doesn't mean God doesn't care and that God doesn't love you. God loves you and everything that he does is for a reason. A reason we may not understand, but God loves you. God's testing is not a sign of God's disapproval. God's testing is not a sign of the lack of anointing on your life. My Lord, I wish I could get somebody to get a hold of this because you would walk in a lot more victory in your difficult days. You would walk in here not feeling like I'm down in the dumps and I need somebody to cheerlead me out of the hole that I am living in. But you would walk in here knowing just because I'm going through it doesn't mean God's displeased with me, doesn't mean God is out, that I am out of favor or out of the will of God or that God is not. I'm telling you, he's working it for your good. It may be a testimony to your adversary. He's proving your faithfulness to your adversary that's going to bless your family, your children, and your children's children. Come on, CLC. we got to be faithful in the hard times because we know God loves us. Oh, if I could just get somebody in this room right now just to understand the simpleness of what I am saying to you right now. It seems so simple and so basic, but God loves you and he is not against you. Well, I hadn't been perfect, Pastor. None of us are perfect. God still loves you and he still cares about you. The enemy wants you to believe that God is trying to punish you. God's not trying to punish you. As a matter of fact, I don't believe anybody that comes with a report that you're going through things in the here and now because God is punishing you. The scripture tells us quite the contrary, that he has reserved that until the end. I know about, I got about the third of you right there that believe that because there's been a common teaching that has been taught for many, many years that we go through things here because we're out of the will of God. That punishment is reserved at the end, after the judgment, that punishment. In the here and now, God is not punishing you. When you go through something, it is not God's punishment. 
I've heard preachers stand in the pulpit and say, well, they backslid and God put them through all of that. God may allow us to go through some things to get our attention, but God is not punishing us or his word is not true because he said he reserved that until that day in the end. So when you're going through it, it is your it is the accuser of the brethren, not God. It is not it is not God. It is not your pastor. It's not your brother or your sister that's casting judgment on you. It is your adversary. It is it is the accuser of the brethren that is saying you're going through it because God's against you. You're going through it because God don't love you. You're going through it because you made a mistake. You're going through it because you were wrong. D- Just resist that right now in Jesus' name and declare, God loves me in spite of my faults, in spite of my failures. God is not against me. I refute that. I resist that. I rebuke that. I will walk in faith. So the first thing is God loves you, and he doesn't do anything without a reason. But the second thing I want you to know is there's meaning and wisdom behind our pain. Even when we don't see it. A songwriter got so scriptural with the song that we sing around here sometimes, and you all know the words, and I, I kind of like that part. It's kind of like a hook in the song. Even when I can't see it, he's working. Even when I don't feel him, he's working. Even in the middle of my storm, he's working. Even in the middle of my test, he's working. And he never stops working. See, I'm going through it now, but he's working. I'm in the battle now, but he's working. My bank account's empty, but he's working. My health is broken, but he's working. Oh, I feel the Lord encouraging somebody tonight. If you'll just reach out and grab what I'm speaking to you tonight, you're going to walk out of here, and between now and Sunday, you're going to walk in with more victory than you've walked in in a long time because there is meaning and wisdom behind what you're going through. You don't see it, but God does, and what he allows us to go through, there is deep meaning and wisdom in it because it is designed of God. With one word, with one breath, with one swipe of the finger, with one rebuke, he can stop it. He stopped the wind and the waves. He could stop it, but not everything does God need to stop or you wouldn't and I wouldn't grow. He has to let us go through it. Peter wrote, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing has happened to you. Think it not strange. Did you get that? If you're walking with the Lord and difficulty comes, think it not strange. He says, but rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings. I'm not talking about being silly. I know somebody one time, the evangelist preached on Sunday night. It wasn't here, so so you don't have to worry about trying to figure out who this is. It wasn't in this church. But the evangelist preached on Sunday night. And uh, faith was high. preach God wants to give you the desires of your heart and so the next day in the middle of a 
terrible economy. Business is closing. People are struggling. God wants to give you the desires of your heart. They got faith so high, made up their mind on Sunday night. They were going to the car dealership on, Sun, on Monday morning, and they did. And they bought a brand new Lincoln Town car, the nicest, finest ride that they could possibly buy. They didn't, they didn't want, business is failing, interest rates are high, things are terrible. They went and bought it, went back to church on Sunday. I'll never forget it. I was there. And they showed up to church on Sunday. And I mean, they pulled that beautiful Lincoln right up in front of the church. It was a small church. People were walking in. They're like, man, whose new car? And they kind of knew by where it was parked because that's where that family always parked. And like, whose new car? Yeah, it's our car, man. We bought it by faith. That message Sunday night just inspired me. So we went and bought it by faith. All right, a few months later, faith didn't make the payments. I'll never forget getting the phone call. <laughs> the tow truck just came and hauled away our faith. Got repossessed. And they were upset. They were angry at God for a little while. Listen, that's not faith. That's called foolishness. The Bible said, which of you are going to build a barn if you don't sit down first and count the cost to see that you have sufficient to finish it before you ever start? That's what the Bible says. It gives us clear understanding. We can warp and twist Scripture to misunderstand certain things. I'm not talking about being foolish, but I am going to tell you this. You can eat right, live right, don't smoke, don't drink, don't chew, don't run with people that do. And all of a sudden your health breaks and you don't understand the why. You can work hard and the, the, the place you're working for just decides to close down or cut an employee or two. Or you've been faithful. What in the world's going on? Why is this the trial of my faith? It rains on the just and the unjust. Don't start thinking that it's because you're out of the will of God. And let me go a little further. Don't start thinking that your blessings are coming just because you're living faithful to the Lord and all the blessings. You can attribute it to that if you want to, but I am telling you, it does not, it does not isolate you from the troubles of life. I'm going to tell you what the Holy Ghost is for. It is not to isolate you from the world that everybody else lives in, but it does insulate us from the world. You know what that means? That means we are in the world, but not of the world. That means when trouble comes, the rest of the world runs to a pill bottle, but we run to a worship service. It means the rest of the world runs to drugs and alcohol, but we run to an altar and say, I've got to get in touch with Jesus. It means everybody else runs to a bar stool, but we run to the house of God and say, I need fellowship with my brothers and my sisters. Come on. It's how we handle what comes into our life. 
Think it not strange that these things come. Know this, God knows what you are going to do. God knows what you're able to bear. I've had people call me before and say, I can't handle this. I can't handle anymore. I'm at the end of my road. I've heard it more than one time. I felt that way myself too. I've even spoken it to my wife at one time. Baby, listen, I just don't know if I can take it anymore. I just don't know if I can handle it anymore. I don't understand. But God knows what we're able to bear. You know, it's funny how we are telling God who, understanding that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. He knows, he knew us before he ever formed us. He formed and shaped us in our mother's womb. He breathed the breath of life into us. All he's got to do is just reach in and just just with one little one little touch to the to to a certain spot in our brain or or a certain spot in our heart, he could stop the heart, he could stop the whole the, everything in the body could change. Just I mean, we're we're just here thinking, "Oh, look at me. Look how healthy I am. Look how great everything is. Look how smart I am." You are just one little word or one little touch from life being flatlined. We better understand that God is in control. Oh my goodness, I feel the help of the Lord tonight. Know this, in the middle of your trial, God is in control. You just got to say that with me right now. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what you're facing, whether you're in it, over it, or about to go through it, or out the other side of it. You need to declare it tonight. God is in control. Come on, you need to say that with me. God is in control. The enemy wants you to believe you're in control. That's why you're healthy living. It's why you're so healthy. Nothing wrong with healthy living. Nothing wrong with not giving the enemy a a spot to be able to Tried to to defy the plan of God in your life. But I am going to tell you this. It doesn't matter how educated you are. It doesn't matter how healthy you you live. Troubles are going to come. Trials are going to come. But know this. God is in control. God is in control. He will accomplish his purpose and his plan. And it will be accomplished in, in your life. And just exactly at the right time, when you think, Lord, I can't go, I just can't take anymore. And the Lord knows. He knows where you are. You may be near the end of what you're going through when you say you can't take anymore. But know this, God knows because his word promised us, I won't put more on you than you can bear. You need to say that until you believe it. God won't put more on me than I can bear. You, somebody needs to say it. You need to hear yourself saying, "What? this isn't my words, this is the, the word of God, that he will not put more on you than you can bear. Let me speak to the one this evening who is wondering why you are where you are and why you're going through what you're going through. Some things we don't understand. I wish we did. I wish we had all the answers. But this much I know, God has not forgotten you. And when he is ready, he will let you know and he will say, peace be still. The battle is over. You have finished the test. And when he does, he is the same God during the storm as after the storm. 
when John was in prison awaiting his death sentence, hoping for Jesus to dispatch an army to get him out of prison. He sends his own disciples to Jesus, and they come to say, Are you he, or should we look for another? In other words, are you coming to get me out? Are you, are you going to come deliver me? And the Lord said, go back and tell John all the things that you see me do, how that the blind are seeing and the deaf ears are open and, 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 and the lame are walking and the dead are being raised to life again. Go back and tell him all the miracles that I'm doing. I want John to know I'm still in the miracle working business, but I've got a different plan for John. Blessed is he. He's not trying to hurt you. He's for you. I don't believe for one moment that God intends for anybody in this room or listening online, I, I don't believe that God intends for one person to live the rest of your life in your dilemma. In time, the Lord is going to say, that's enough. You're finished. It's over, and God is going to turn it all around because from the beginning, he was already working it for your good. One of the wealthiest men that I've been privileged to be close to and know and be in his, in his home shared a testimony with me several years ago. My wife and I were in his second home in Phoenix uh, at a general conference, and he sat down and began to talk about a time in his life when he was losing his job, did not know what he was going to do. He lost his job, and, and it was a sudden situation that it was out of his control. He was worried. He didn't know how he was going to take care of his family. He didn't know what his future looked like, but he took a step of faith and decided to open his own business, and he stepped out on faith, and God began to bless his efforts, and all of a sudden, what little bit he had began to explode, and God began to bless him, and he had he had in measure that was running over and became a, a very large contributor and giver to his church and, and made a huge, a huge impact in, in, in the world and, and did so many wonderful, wonderful things. A kind gentleman. Many of you would know him if I called his name tonight. And, and some who may meet him would never know uh, the, the, the level of wealth that he has because of how that he lives his life in a modest manner and is not a bragger and doesn't, you, you wouldn't know all of this, but I'll never forget the words he said to me. He said, he said, for about three or four days, I thought my life was over when I left my dream job, the best job I ever had. When they told me it was over, I thought it was the end. I thought it was, I was finished. I thought my life was never going to be the same again. He said, but listen, Brother Jordan, if I had not have gone through that, I would have never have been forced to take a step of faith to do what I did. And when I did, God has blessed me dozens of times over beyond where I was. But I had to go through the trial and through the test. And he said, you know, through it, he said, I was down in the dumps for two or three days. But he said, when I saw that God was for me and not against me, I began to live and and work and labor and take steps of faith as if God wanted me to be blessed. Somebody needs to hear me tonight. And his his ladder was greater than his farmers. Somebody
Somebody needs to hear me tonight and know what you've gone through is not it's not over. God is not finished. Your life is not done. Your best days and your blessed days are ahead of you. I'm going to quickly close tonight. But I want to tell you, you're never going to be able to pass the test alone. You weren't made to fight alone. God formed us and made us for relationship. He made us to care for one another and to fight together. The Bible gives us an example of them fighting and they fought back to back. If you read through all of the the armor, the armor, the spiritual armor that we are to put on, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, put it all on, but there's one place that is exposed and that is your back. That's because you weren't made to fight alone. We were made to have relationship with, in the church, we're made to have relationship with brothers and sisters that have our back. You're made to have one another so that you can fight together, so you can, we are laborers together. Come on somebody. You can't, don't isolate yourself. Don't run off by yourself. I'm, I'm trying to help somebody tonight to know this. Get in the center of what God is doing. Get in the middle of what God is doing. I feel the strong hand of God reaching down to someone's shoulder tonight and lifting you up and trying to encourage you tonight because you're not going to leave here carrying the load that you walked in here carrying. God's trying to lift somebody's burden. God is trying to, God, God is trying to relieve somebody's pain. God, God is trying to be the lifter of somebody's head tonight. Uh, he's trying to strengthen you tonight. Why don't you lift your hands right where you are and why don't you just declare in Jesus' name, I walk out of here encouraged. I walk out of here strengthened. Come on, let God encourage you right where you are tonight with your hands lifted. Maybe God is exposing your pain. He's shining light in the middle of your depression. He's exposing what's going on in your life. Maybe to you tonight. Maybe you didn't. Maybe it's inadvertent and you just missed how you're responding to what you're going through. Maybe you're turning back to the old nature. Maybe you're going back to the old life. You're looking back at the old addiction. You're thinking about the ways that you came from, where God brought you from, and thinking maybe, maybe I need to get back there. It's common. Even the children of Israel wanted to go back into the bondage of Egypt because the food that they had seemed bland. They wanted to go back where there were leeks and garlics. But God had a promise for them. He had a promised land for them. They had to remain faithful. God wants to save you from your dilemma, and he wants to save you from yourself. The man by the pool of Bethesda was there for 38 years. He had no man until Jesus walked by. And Jesus was the man that he had needed for 38 years. Sometimes God's got to decide for you. 
Maybe you came here tonight just out of faithfulness, just out of obligation. Maybe you came just because your family was coming and you had no idea that God was going to minister to your spirit. Every head in this room bowed and every eye closed in this room right now because God is speaking to some hearts in this place right now. He's stopping by your proverbial pool. He's speaking a word to you right now. There are times that you've decided for yourself, but tonight God said, you showed up for a Bible study, but I'm sending you a word of encouragement tonight. I'm trying to lift you up out of where you are. There are times when God does it for you, then there's times when like the woman with the issue of blood, she had to press through the crowd to get through to Jesus. Maybe somebody tonight wants to step where you are and push beyond the Wednesday night lull, push beyond the the weakness, the weariness, the tiredness, and walk to the front of this room tonight and declare, I've got to have some help tonight. Why don't you join these that are already walking to the front of the room tonight? God's on your side. If you don't need prayer, why don't you find somebody that's here in the front that needs prayer tonight? Why don't you come strengthen your brother tonight, your sister tonight? Come on, declare, I've been in this mess long enough. I've worried over my problems long enough. I've cried until I have no more tears left to cry. I've been under it long enough. I've dealt with this sickness long enough. I've had this heartache long enough. Come on, talk to Jesus about where you are right now. Let him be the lifter of your head this evening. Let's turn this house into a prayer room just for a few moments. 